0: Today's episode is brought to you by batchleads. Receive 5,000 property records for free. Go to batchleads.io forward/dave or use code Dave when signing up. For using this special offer, you will receive a seven day free trial to check out the system for yourself. You will also receive 5,000 property records, included for free within this system you can skip trace your leads stack your list cold sms your motivated seller leads and send direct mail directly from the platform so head on over to batchleads.io forward slash dave or use code dave at checkout to receive 5,000 free property records plus a seven-day free trial. Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. I am your host, David Dodge, joined by a good buddy of mine, Gavin Timms. Gavin, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, Dodge. How are you? appreciate you uh, having me on. Doing pretty good, man. I appreciate you coming on the show today. And I uh, really just wanted to touch base with you and just kind of talk about marketing and talk about some of the strategies that you guys are using in your marketing. And then also before the show had started, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, generating leads, a ton of leads is, is a great thing. It's super important. However, it's not as important as working the leads that, that you actually have. You know, you're just generating leads but you're leaving the current ones in the funnel by the wayside. It's, it's so wasteful. And I, I totally agree with you on that. So yeah. I wanted to, to jump into a couple of topics, um, you know, on along those lines. So absolutely, you, you had mentioned earlier that, um, that you guys aren't using, um, you're not using uh, lead Sherpa anymore, which is uh-huh. a product that me and you both use or used. And I'm yeah. still using it. I think it's a great product. Um, but you have- I do too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure yeah. you do. Um, so what, what are some of the reasons that you decided to, um, to slow down on that right now?
1: Um, well, a few things. Back to you know, what you just, the point that you just made. Uh, everyone, most people in the industry, the problem is lead gen, okay? Because we're so focused. If you think of the hopper at the top, right, the funnel at the top, People want to get in. They believe that the, the more leads that you get, the more deals you're going to do, right? And I'm 100% I agree with that. The problem is if you don't have the the system in place and the foundation in place, then that's not possible, okay? It's not possible that if I overwhelm you with leads and it's just you as a one-man show, okay, that you can't physically go through the process properly to get a lead to close it. So what you're going to do is that you're going to feel that you've got so much traction. And what happens is, is that you're having one phone calls with every lead that comes in and you're literally just trying to grab one to close. Okay. But all the ones that actually need following up on, you're not closing. So all of a sudden your marketing budget is up at the highest it's ever been. You're going through and you're grabbing a, um, a close, one to go into close, right? And, and you make money. But how much profit did you make? And that's the problem, man. Does that that is a sense? great.
0: That is a great point, and I think a lot of people they discount that. You know, once you start getting that marketing machine going, um, oftentimes that's where a lot of their focus goes, and it's not into nurturing the current leads that come in and giving them the proper amount of time that they need. So I totally agree with that, and I think that that is very very valuable. Um, something to definitely think about. So, um, so before we had jumped on, I asked Gavin, I said, hey, you know, what kind of marketing are you doing right now? And, and he said um, that he's doing some direct mail and that's having a really, really good response rate. Uh-huh. And, you know, the, the date that we're recording this is March 30th, 2020. Uh, it probably won't post for about a week and a half to two weeks, but we're in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis right now. Um, you can call it a pandemic, you know, that's really what it is. And, you know, Gavin, it's funny. I keep hearing people dropping these words like recession or depression, you know, on CNN and CNBC and all the different news networks. And, you know, we're not in either of those. We are in a pandemic state. This has not happened for like a hundred years. So trying to compare this to a recession, um, or a depression is very difficult because it's, you know, we've, haven't had something like this in our lifetimes, let
1: alone our parents' lifetimes.
0: So yep. very crazy. So you're doing some direct mail and you're having some great response with that.
1: Yep. And, and just to say on that, I'm not massive direct mail at all. I mean, we have not, that's the first piece that we sent that hit two weeks ago, at the absolute perfect time, right? By complete chance. I'm not going to say that I could see this happening and us going on lockdown. Absolutely not. Um this was something when we, we picked one zip code, it was about just over six hundred pieces. We got just over a four percent response rate. We dropped it into two over two weeks. Um and and it just landed literally as we were shutting down two weeks ago, and this really started to like, hey, something's going on. Uh we were hitting mail and uh, and it was it was you know great for us. Um but we're still big into cold calling, that's our main channel. And, uh, and that's what we consistently are doing. Uh, the, the reason that we got rid of lead sherpa was because we couldn't handle, handle the volume of leads from a text messaging, right? And people say, well, you're insane. But as I just explained, it's about the process, right? Just because we have more leads does not mean it's going to bring more profit into the business, does not mean it's going to close more deals. No, if you work it right and you have the team to go through the, the system with you, then absolutely you do, um, but it, I'm big on as you know. I do everything virtual. I work from my home office. Uh, I don't have loads of ho- overhead, and I don't. I'm not trying to build a business where I have 20 people, have massive staff and overhead. Because guess what? Luckily, you know, you imagine you have that now. We know friends, no names, that are that are panicking right now, that are cutting costs left, right, and centre, stopping all marketing because their overhead is so high. Uh, that's what they've got to do to survive, and they can only last for so many months because their outgoings are so high. So it's just really building the right business that makes sense and that stays profitable.
0: Man, I love that. I totally agree with you. Nurturing those leads is is more important than just you know trying to fill up the pipeline with with leads because if you're not giving them the right attention. Um, they're, they're going to fall by the wayside or somebody else is going to come and they're going to work those leads and they're going to get them before you do. And I love your point about having overhead that's low. So, um, I know that you, um, have been using Sherpa for a while and, um, you may be back, you may not, which is great. And you love the product. I think the product's great. I'm using it uh, very heavily right now. I think it's a good product. However, it's very, very expensive. Um, and if you don't use it. You know, you're you're paying a hefty monthly cost to to be a member of it, and uh, it, I love that. So the fact yeah. that you guys are you know keeping an eye on the expenses, but also you're getting you had mentioned you're keep you're getting too many leads right now, and um, you know I you, you never think in the beginning that starting out like oh man too many leads could that really be an issue, but if you're not giving each lead the the, the time that it needs. Yeah. Um, then you know you might as well not have any leads at all because you're just gonna be, you know, you're just gonna be throwing them away. So I think that's so cool. And um, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk a little bit today about the virtual wholesaling aspect of things because absolutely, um, you know, I've been hearing virtual wholesaling for years, right? Probably four years, and um, I've done a couple in Kansas City. I'm out of St. Louis, Missouri, so that's across the state but I don't do any marketing outside of St. Louis. And really the couple deals, oddly enough, that I have done in Kansas City came from St. Louis marketing efforts. And they just happened to have a house there and I knew some wholesalers and some investors there. And I was able to kind of joint venture with them and to get deals done. But it sounds to me like you are specifically uh, virtual. Do you do anything Uh, in your own market or no?
1: No, I've just, the only thing that I do here in Savannah, Uh, I'm actually looking for a house for an investment uh, that my mother and father in law are going to be living in. Um, So I've started to market here uh, for that, but otherwise now everything's virtual. So we, we work um, some markets, more full time, some are part time. Um, So we do deals in, you know, Birmingham, Alabama. That's probably our main spot. Uh, We do some stuff in Augusta. We do some stuff in Maui, Hawaii, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, We do some stuff in Florida. And they're kind of the markets that I'm kind of in right now. And um, then I do JVs all over. I mean, I've to work the Phoenix market uh, and, and things like that. But That's kind of where I'm actively kind of uh, looking and it's just a different process. Um, you know, the biggest thing is, is to when you go virtual is obviously for you, Dave, is that you go or you did, or you still do you visit houses a lot. Right. Yep. So, To go virtual, you can't visit the house. So you have to set everything up that you're not going. As soon as you aren't visiting the house, then it doesn't matter if you're in St. Louis doing deals. You can go. The idea is can you go away with your wife for six months to California if you wanted and business goes as normal? Right. Right. And that's what you need to create. Not that we're not talking here about you just working on the business, not in it and doing absolutely nothing. But can you create something that works from a phone and a laptop to be able to, um, to be able to work from anywhere. Right. And as soon as you're not going in the house personally, then you have that because that's the only thing that is going to stop you going virtual is if you physically feel the need to have to walk in that building yourself, as soon as you have an acquisitions manager, as soon as you have a runner to go and get pictures, any of these things that you can put in place and you're physically not walking in that building, then you are now virtual.
0: Man, I love that. So, so let's talk about that. So, yes, I only wholesale in St. Louis. Um, I love going on appointments and looking at houses. So it doesn't bother me. Yep. Um, however, I don't want to live here forever. So I love this. So let's, let's jump in. So you're getting an acquisition manager
1: in each market, I'm assuming. Yep. You can do partners. We do partners or we do acquisitions depending on who, who you're building it out with. Um, So for instance, you and Mike, right? Um, Let's say you two are business partners, which you are. Okay. So for instance, uh, I don't know the set, but let's say you're splitting the profits 50-50 right now. Uh, then then that's a, a similar thing that, that, that you would do. You could have the person on the ground. So if it was me and you, and I'd be running all the, the systems and the team on the lead gen, you'd be running appointments and moving them and we'd be partnering 50-50 and it worked nicely because you can focus on what you're good at and you can run more appointments and get more contracts into closing if I'm doing all the lead gen for you and making sure we have leads coming in. And man, team. I love
0: that. Right person, right seat. And that's how how we run our business here. You know, we, we have a couple different acquisitions people. However, there are people that are dedicated to just working the phones and there are people that are dedicated to just, uh, being out looking at the properties. And then there's another person in our in our business that's disposition and she is just in charge of selling the properties that come in. So right person, right seat. I think that's very, very important. So once you partner with somebody or you hire somebody, um, to do the the actual appointments, that frees you up from having to go do those, which is very time consuming. And if you aren't already running a ton of appointments, um, I can tell you, you know, if I go run an appointment, that appointment may only take, you know, maybe 15, 20, 25 minutes, somewhere in that range. However, I have to drive to that appointment and then drive home from that appointment. So I can't really have too many of them booked together, yep. especially if I have other things going on in my day. So when I have an appointment, I basically block out about two hours and I just figure 45 minutes on the front side, 45 minutes on the back side. That's mm-hmm. going to be my travel, uh, my preparation, you know, maybe run some numbers before or after, but ideally, you know, it's going to take about two full hours. So if you can yep. uh, be on the phones or even yep. be, you know, and I would imagine in your case, be managing people that are on the phones. And then when they come across leads, then you can then put those in front of the people that are in the field, the boots on the ground, and that could be the partner or the employee. to then go do that, that would allow you to scale uh, which I'm not doing, I, and I'm, I'm really looking to maybe expand into the KC market or even some other markets in my area. But essentially, though, the goal would be to keep wholesaling in St. Louis in a few years and move somewhere a little bit prettier, maybe down by you over there in uh, Savannah, you know, it's some nicer weather and some golf courses everywhere. Uh, St. Louis is cold, man. It's cold <laughs> in the winter here, and it's hot <laughs> as hell in the summer.
1: I've done you my fair share runs to St. Louis. I'm yeah, right. and it's...
0: <laughs> I was born and raised here so to me this place is home but there's a lot of other great places out there so ideally I could uh, keep wholesaling here but I would have other boots on the ground and I could and I could be out in the mountains skiing or on the beach or something like that so I think that's really cool so you guys are wholesaling in multiple markets Mm -hmm. and um, I love the approach even though that you're you're doing marketing in multiple markets you guys are still nurturing those leads versus having the mindset of, hey, more, 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 more. Because if that's where you're at, and you're, you had said it earlier, Gavin, I'm gonna repeat what you said, but if you're constantly just working the newest lead that comes in, uh, basically when you're not busy, you'll try to snag one up. But it doesn't, you may be overpaying for those leads or they may not just be a great deal in general because you're just trying to get one. Uh, yeah. But if you're nurturing them, it gives you the ability to build better rapport um, and get probably a better price on the property because you're not rushing. So I think that there's been a lot of lessons and gold nuggets given out right there. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think as well that with the you know with focusing on them leads, um, it comes down to then how comfortable are you on the phone, right? Because you could get a lead that slaps you in the face. And if you're not comfortable or know what you're doing, you're not going to get it anyway. So, and that's the problem. When people are new, we teach, right? We teach people, if you are sending mail out and we do not send much mail, the mail we do, you need to be answering them phones live, right? If a lead comes in, you need to be getting that lead, getting to that lead as fast as possible. So one aspect, we're teaching people to get there fast. But the problem is, is that they're too busy touching them leads because the funnel is so full. Gavin, people
0: that's don't ever fun. talk about this, man. I think this is a great topic. I really do because I agree 100% and you know, whenever a student comes to me or they come to you, you know, if they don't have two or three grand to dump into a monthly marketing budget, that's okay. Yeah, Like you said, you don't have to go out and send thousands of postcards, send a couple hundred, but the one or the two or the 10 calls that you do get answer those calls, man yeah. answer, yeah. get out there and view it or get your acquisition people. To yep. get up there and view it, build that rapport. Because even if you can't buy that deal today and it takes a couple months and you did a good job building the rapport and building a relationship with that person, the odds of you getting that deal when they are ready right? Yes. It's going to be a much
1: huge. higher. So I think that is yeah. absolutely phenomenal information. And, yeah. and that's what, that's what we try and do is we eliminate everybody else right in the right way. Not like right don't work with this guy or this guy. We just do things in the right way. So they want to work with us. And that's huge Man, um,
0: because that's and, awesome.
1: and we always make sure you have to be marketing every day. So I'm not saying not to market because the market need marketing needs to be going out leads need to be coming in, whether it's cold calling or texting, but it's how many, it needs to be quality and quantity needs to be controlled, okay? So what we do is, I can look at a market and say who needs leads? And if someone's not getting to their leads, then I will drop one lead into them and I'm gonna give three to someone else and I'm gonna give the rest to the other. And we can move the list and we can really control that. So we keep that that steady flow of marketing going um, but as you said, like with our clients, everyone thinks it's impressive just to generate leads. Well, I can generate leads, but that's not going to help you because I know that you haven't gone through the process and learning the sales side, right? The John Martinez, right? The process that that people are teaching in sales um, is that you can't do that on one phone call. So if all you're doing is talking once, then how are you going to do deals unless you get the one in a thousand that you hit? And great, you go make your ten thousand or your fifteen thousand. But what have you put into the system to get back out? You cannot be running a a business at a negative or making little to nothing, right? You have to keep your profits high. Um, you know your profit margins have got to be there, and this is the best way. And if you learn how to manage that process and understand that no means not now, and as we take them through, that we're going to then get them in the long run. It only takes a few months before you you're consistently closing from months ago,
0: man. I totally agree with everything you just said. I think that that is super important. And if you're new to wholesaling guys generating leads is important. It really is right. And we're not discounting that. Um, and I, I highly respect Gavin. He's not only a friend of mine, but you know, he, he, he mentors me as well, which is awesome. And so I want to thank Gavin for coming on the show today, but, uh, I highly, highly, highly agree with that. Um, Generating leads is one thing, but once you have leads coming in, the volume of the leads is not as important as the amount of time that you're spending on each one. Build that rapport and make a friend and let them know that you are the company that they are going to work with and then start disqualifying all of your competitors. And you can do that in a good way. You don't have to be you know, bad-mouthing people. Gavin's Absolutely. not for that, I'm not for that. None of us are for that, right? Yeah. However, we can provide value to show, you, to show these customers and these owners and these sellers that if they don't work with us, they're gonna be losing out on something, right? Yep. So that's the message I think that, uh, that, you know, that we're trying to put here is work your leads value yep. those leads, nurture those leads. If you don't yep. have any, well, of course you need to do some lead gen, but there's yep. a fine line between doing lead gen and just focusing all your time on lead gen, right? Once yep. you start getting leads in, work them. So man, I think yep. that is phenomenal. Gavin, do you mind breaking down a little bit about um, like some of the people on your team and just talking about like, you know, how many people you have and in what roles they're
1: in? Yeah, so we have different, obviously different markets. Um, So we have some that just handle like a 50-50. So there's one, let's say it was me and you in St. Louis and I'm delivering to you uh, the leads and we're partnering. Then I have Melissa, which is my mate. So she's a business partner in in Alabama. So let's pick that. So Melissa's in Alabama, you know, on the ground, but we've also situated that, that, that she's not going out to see properties either. Okay, and then we have an acquisitions guy that's just on the phone. And all he does is he's on the phone. He's not, doesn't even comp properties. He's just on the phone. Okay. Uh, and our way of doing it is that we want to lock up as many properties as we can on the phone. All right. And then we send people out to get us pictures and do a walkthrough video. That's how, what we're going to get in front of the buyers. And then they will decide if they want to go and see it. Ideally, if there's a lot blocks we can put on there uh, to get them in and, and then we'll get the deal done. So in Alabama, there's me and Melissa, you could say, and then we have one acquisitions guy, and then we have a runner that does pictures for us. Um, the runner will probably pay about 25 bucks a property to go out and get pictures. Um, the Man, only nothing. Yeah. The, the only time um, that we will ever go to a property to get a contract is if they're elderly and they cannot get on the internet to sign. You do everything
0: um, all virtual then? All the e-signs and everything like that are yeah, as much. Out.
1: As much as we can, yes, yep, yep. Um, absolutely. And, and, and for you, back to what you were saying earlier about running appointments, um, I believe that, yes, you're going to get more contracts, okay, face-to-face. It's easier face-to-face. But the problem is, is that you said it's two hours out of your day. How many more phone calls could I have made? And on average, I'm going to get more contracts than you because of that.
0: Okay? 100%. Hunter, I totally agree 100%. So I still run appointments for two reasons. One, I enjoy getting out of my house. Which is number one. The number one is that it's very important, that you I, enjoy it. I enjoy it, right. I like That's getting right. out. I don't mind driving. My car does it for me anyway, uh, but I like getting out. I like looking at the houses. I like talking to people. And number two is I am always I always have my eye out for my next rehab, my fix and flip, or my yeah. next rental, right? Yeah. So, you know, but if you want to build a virtual, um, you know, a business virtually and own real estate and be a landlord, that's an option too. I personally like to get eyes on the property if it's going to be one of my rentals. Now, if it's a part of town that I have no interest in flipping in and or buying a rental in, then I have acquisition guys that I send to. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Once again, Gavin is if you don't enjoy doing it. Then you know, find somebody else who does. Now, if you're yep. new, you know I would think Gavin would agree on me with this. Get out there and do it to learn it. Right? Yep. Make some mistakes because those will be the best lessons. Right? Absolutely. However, yep. once you know how to run an appointment and do some repair estimates, you don't need to waste two hours of your day doing that. Find somebody else to do that so you can leverage them and focus your time and efforts on you know um, an activity that may be more beneficial, more efficient, higher income rate, so on and
1: so forth. And and just, just to add to that is yes, I agree. You know what, what, what you just said, but it also depends on what market your listeners are coming from as well. Like maybe if you're in a San Francisco market, you know, you're in a California, you may be in a, you know, New York or something like that where the competition, the marketing dollars are so much bigger. The process then is so much more drawn out to get a deal. Um, that you need to be more patient. So what we say to our clients is, okay, you can work these markets, but understand you might be working deals for months on end before you see the reward. And if you're okay and you have the right mindset for that, then that's great. And if not, then we need to go to a virtual market where the rents are better, where there's more buy and holds, more flips, more activity, less money up per contract being made. But again, it's a win. A lot of people want to see a win, right? A win's a win. I know from when I started, I made fifteen hundred bucks on the first deal. I couldn't care if it was a hundred bucks. I needed to see and prove that this thing worked.
0: Yeah, really. me too, Gavin. I needed to see that too. I, I love oh. that. I love that.
1: Yeah,
0: um, man, that's awesome. So you have yeah. you have a team built out in four different markets, essentially.
1: Yeah. Well, let me tell you,
0: be one or two people in each
1: market, right? Yeah. I mean, Maui, get Maui. Okay. So I have an investor in Maui. Would I pick Maui as a virtual market? Absolutely not. I have an investor there. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, that's a, that's a tough market, man. I was, when you said that exactly. earlier, I was like, well, hopefully he's looking for himself to buy a vacation home there yeah.
1: in, in return too. Exactly. Yeah. That I'd, I'd like to do that. That's, that's a goal. Um, But when we found Maui, so I had an investor there who I met when we were on vacation and uh, and he was a friend of, an extended family member. So we started talking and, and he can't find deals. He's buying them from realtors, blah, blah, blah. So I said, look, he said, would you be interested in working this market? I was like, no, not, no, not really. Like, cause for me, we're wholesalers, right? Our job is to find a discounted property and, and give it to someone that is going to pay the most amount of money. That's right? it. That, that's that's it. what it is. Now I said to him, that's not going to make any sense because if I go and find a deal, you're going to want to pay as little as possible to make as much profit as possible. Possible, so I said the only way I'll do it is if we partner, you do the flip, and when we sell it, we'll partner on the back end of the profit. Okay, okay, okay. So that's what we did. So, on that one, what we do is Melissa's in as well. I know the lead gen, she did the calls. So, we got someone from that's from England in Savannah, someone that lives in Alabama doing calls in Maui and uh we locked up a contract eventually in uh in maui and that's what we did so he came in and bought it did the flip we make 30 percent of the profit on the back end so that's what we negotiated that's a
0: great way to 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 set that up because again he's going to want to pay i love it he's going to want to pay the least you as the wholesaler want to try to find someone that's going to pay the most so incentivize him to um and you guys, and that's uh, a happy, both. I, that's yeah. a happy medium. So you guys are coming out of pocket on time, uh, time and energy, of course, and then some marketing expense, thing yep. think too. And then he's coming out of pocket on actually having to buy the house and yeah. fix it up and sell it. So there's a lot of work being done on either side. However, the splits are, are really fair, in my opinion. Let yeah. him keep 70% because without you, he wouldn't have had the deal. But without him, you know, you wouldn't have been able to purchase it and flip it either. So Man, I think that's phenomenal, very cool. So you well, gotta have an acquisition guy in that market, um, but they don't even have to live there really. They could live elsewhere. The only person that you really need to have in each virtual market is a runner, right? Yeah. Somebody you to go see, get pictures, absolutely. drop you off contracts, in. pick up contracts, and that's really all their, their job is.
1: If you have a runner in a virtual market uh, that can literally you know, get pictures, they don't need to know the better the, the, if they don't know anything better, right? Then it, that's better for you because you haven't got to worry about, oh, are they going to go behind my back? Are they going to try and take the deal? They don't know what they're doing. Can they take a good picture, explain what pictures you want and can they show a buy of the house if you need them to, right? Uh, and if you can do that, then that's all really you need. So we can pull data. We can build our buyers list. We can communicate on the phone with them. Uh, we can do exactly the same with the sellers. So you can do it um, virtually, you know, no, no problem. Um, now it's, it's again, it's a process, right? We don't want to sit here and say that this business is is easy because it isn't.
0: No, you know what? Uh, we, you know what it is, Gavin? It's simple. It's simple, oh, it is not easy. easy. And there's a big difference yes. between the two. And we did a, we did a podcast on that just just recently. But yes, simple, not easy.
1: Yep. Yep. And the, only the hard bit is is the doing. Do people want to work? That's to the
0: hardest the part is just to get off the couch and turn off Netflix and do a little bit of marketing. And then when those leads start coming in, answer the phone and, and then get out there or hire someone else to get out there and get those pictures for you. And then it's yep. just, it's just a relationship game at that point. It's just, yep. you know, make sure that the seller wants to work with you and that you have a value proposition for them yep. and, um, and then you got yourself a deal. So man, I think that's phenomenal. So Absolutely. the fact that you have scaled back marketing um, I think is awesome. Uh, yeah. You don't have a lead problem right now. Instead, you are just trying to nurture those leads that, that are coming in from your other sources. I think that is phenomenal, man. That is awesome. Yep.
1: The, our, our challenge, you know, is always getting the right people to be on the phone. That's the hardest part for me. Yep. The hardest hire is, is the team, is, is to get good people on the phone that want to work. Uh, that understand it, that have the ability to go and, you know, make make offers and build rapport. That's the hardest thing in the business for me. Leads, no problem. I have, I have so much uh, marketing ready that I could flood, but we can't. Because all I'm going to do is I'm going to slow the process down. Because I know if I flood it, they're going to go all on to lead gen, new stuff. They're not going to focus on the follow-up and the, lead, and the contracts will slow.
0: Yep. Tested it. I think that is awesome. Very, very awesome. So guys, it is possible to virtual wholesale, not only in one market, but in two or three or in Gavin's case, four. Do you have any other... Markets that you're trying to maybe are thinking about getting into at this point, or are you pretty content with where you're at?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, to be fair, like I said, the the main market is 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 Birmingham, and then the others really depend on who the partner is. Is that I filter in leads, so you know, I'm big on like, let's say that I was going to come to St. Louis, right, with you. Um, I want to find out how many leads you can handle. I want to find out can you work the process that we need? Are we on the same page? And if you can only work two leads a day, then I'm going to give you two leads a day, right? So I do that in the Florida market because other people, you know, I've got a friend in Florida that I do some work with and and, he, and he's full time doing his uh, real estate, his uh, realtor stuff and uh, he's a broker and whatnot, but he want, he does some investing as well. So it's like, well, how many leads do you want? Let's come up with a game plan so it works because if I give you too many you're not working them, it's going to annoy me. If I'm not going to give you enough leads, it's going to annoy you, right? So let's figure out, what do you want? Let's communicate daily how the lead's looking. What do we need? Do we need more? Do we need less? Because I can make it happen, but we need to be in sync that I'm giving them enough and you're working them. Because if you're not working them, I'm taking them and I'm giving them, I'm going to put my resources elsewhere. So that's what we find in a couple of markets that we really have to juggle with and um that that still then allows us to make money and then focus on the you know the more heavy markets but i have opportunities uh in multiple places it's just really making sure that the bandwidth is there through the team to deliver
0: yeah man i think that's phenomenal well you have inspired me to uh start doing a little bit of marketing in in kansas city that's a uh it's an area that I've always wanted to do some wholesaling and I personally know some investors and wholesalers there already. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, getting that started would be pretty, relatively easy. Absolutely, and, um, I think it would be a good test for me too, because mm-hmm. I love that you are 100% virtual. I mean, if you and your wife decided that you wanted to go to Europe for four months or whatever, I mean, you, you, no problem. you wouldn't no. have any hiccups with you not being able to be there as long as you have an iPhone or a phone, In a camera or in a computer, you you're rocking. So man, I think that is phenomenal. So guys, lessons to be learned from this episode. Uh, Virtual wholesaling is not hard. You just need to find somebody in the market that you can either hire or partner with, right? Keep Uh it simple. You can, you can pay a property runner 25, 30, 40 bucks. I mean, you're talking small amount of money to go look at a property and get photos for you. Um, so that person will be your boots on the ground, which is going to save you time. And with yep. you being virtual, you don't have to be anywhere. You can be anywhere, I should say, uh, but not necessarily in that market. And then, uh, last but not least is, um, you might not have a lead problem. You may think you do right now. And if you're not getting any leads, well, then you definitely have a lead problem. Let's let's not, uh, let's not discount that. However, if you are getting leads coming in, right? You have a consistent amount of leads coming in. Maybe your focus shouldn't be on more leads. Maybe it should be on nurturing the current ones and working them to the best of your ability so you can actually start closing more deals from the pipeline that you have already. So I think yep. that that is phenomenal. Gavin, that is awesome. Earlier before the show, you had mentioned that you have a
1: brand new YouTube channel, like yeah. hours old. Yeah, like hours old. <laughs> like Literally, I was like, right, it's content time, you know, more podcasts. Dude, that is what's up. Let's tell start about doing it. some- uh,
0: Tell us what the game plan is, man.
1: Yeah, so for, so it's Gavin Tim's. go and search it, go and subscribe. Gonna be doing content at least two, three times a week. Uh, releasing content on virtual, whether it's talking to sellers, whether it's marketing systems, it's going to be a number of things. And, um, you know, really, especially times like this, we're all stuck in, right? Uh, Whether you're on lockdown or not, I know Savannah, we are allowed out an hour a day right now, especially till the end of April. Um, So I think everyone's in a similar position. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, people needing help, needing content. So that's kind of what I've, what kind of, geared me up to start doing it now and uh, there's no better time than right now in anything whether it's marketing or whatever you're doing the now now is the time don't we'll do not wait and here's the one big thing if you take nothing else it's this do not wait for this whatever we're in now right is it going to crash is the market going to do this for the things that we do in terms of wholesaling okay the only thing you can t- lose is time Okay. And money for marketing. That is it. So you That's need to sit down right now and hit it hard. The best list to go at right now is vacants. Okay. Because you do not have renters in that can say, I'm not going anywhere because I'm not paying rent and I'm stuck here until I get told to leave, which is probably going to be June, July at the earliest at this point. So vacants are our, our real focus right now in the CRM of all follow up. We're pulling lists of who's vacant in the notes, Vacant, vacant, vacant. Okay, and that's where we are focusing. And one last thing, I'm going to say I haven't mentioned, which is important. When you're doing this, and we're talking about working a lead from start to finish, it's all about how quality your note taking is, right throughout your. Man, team.
0: I cannot agree more. I harp on this every day. I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt for one second. I don't no, care. Go for it. you use. I don't care. It may have a hundred uh, bells and whistles. It may not, but there's two things that matter with a CRM. Two, taking good ass notes, take good ones. And number two, setting a task for a future date to do something. Doesn't matter what that is. Doesn't matter if it's just to review the damn notes. Right. That's something in the future that will notify you or ping you or email you or whatever, letting you know, hey, it's time to put to to give a little bit of love to this lead
1: right here. And I think that is phenomenal. So taking good notes is key. Absolutely. And again, if that's one thing you take from this whole thing, is that and how do we know the common question? Well, how do you know what is good notes? If you can go to a lead and understand the situation of where it's at, then it's good notes. Yeah. Go into the lead and you have absolutely no idea what's going on. Then it isn't good. So that is the difference between a good note and a bad note. You need to know, okay, the situation is this, 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 we need to follow up here because this is what's going on.
0: Man. I totally 100% 100 agree with that. Yeah. 100% take good notes, set tasks, Guys, there's a hundred different CRMs out there. Some of them are free, some of them are not. At the end of the day, all of them are going to let you take notes and assign tasks to either yourself or your team. And that's all that matters. All the other bells and whistles are great, but you still have to put the data in the system on the notes. So what kind of notes do I take? I make a note every time I call, text, or email that person. Anytime that person calls, texts, or emails me, And then while I'm on the phone, anything that's relevant to the property, it goes in my CRM. Anything that's relevant to them and their situation and their why or their when goes in the the CRM. If I call them and I'm calling, let's say, Jack, and I call Jack uh, right now, and Jack says, hey, I can't talk right now. Call me in a week. I'm taking my daughter to the hospital right? Not a great situation. I'm going to make a note of that. So in a week, when I call back, I can pick right up. And I may have talked to 500 people between now and next week when I call Jack back, but I'm going to say, Hey, Jack, you told me to call you in a week. It's been a week. Do you need more time? If not, I'm here for you. When we spoke last, you were taking your daughter to the hospital. And by the way, how is she doing? Right? Build the rapport get the notes in the system and make detailed notes and if it takes you a minute or two to read those notes to get caught up before you make that call so what knowing that extra information is going to be super helpful also people don't like to be annoyed and when you're calling them and you're asking them the same question over and over again they're not going to want to work with you so if you've asked them how many square foot the house is on three previous calls probably not a good idea to ask them on this next call Review your notes, go into that call with a with um, an idea in mind of, you know, what is my target here? Is it to get an appointment? Is it to get a contract? Or is it simply to follow up to see if the level of motivation that Jack has, for example, um, is high enough to work with me yet? And yeah. that's really it. So Gavin, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. No, that's good. 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 Bold nuggets, Bold nuggets. I, I wanted to highlight that because that is... Uh, That is really, really awesome. So guys, check out Gavin's new YouTube channel. (laughs) Head over to Gavin. I'm sorry. Head over to YouTube and (laughs) type in Gavin Timms. That's G-A-V-I-N-T-I-M-M-S. I I thought I said M, but I said N. Gavin Timms. Yes. Go over there and check that out. Gavin, what else are you working on right now, man?
1: Um, always working, uh, on, you know, a few things like on the real estate side, uh, we're shifting our focus onto vacants right now. So we're Uh, doing the
0: same thing, man. We just pulled some vacants literally like three or four days ago. I guess what's today, Monday. We pulled, we pulled vacants on Thursday and uh, we sent a small little direct mail campaign and then we, we uploaded those, um, into our texting software as well. Sherpa, just to get a text out to them. And yeah. uh, we have a cold caller too, so we break it up. We use Sherpa um, to get the landlines, and then we just export those out and put those into the dialer, and then we'll text the, uh, the mobiles, we'll hit the landlines with some cold calls, and everybody gets a letter regardless if we get a hold of them or not.
1: Perfect, no, that's good. You know, and the other big thing that we're doing uh, that I would focus on if you're wholesaling right now, if you're brand new, I would build a buyer's list before I did sell, seller marketing, okay? and I'd only I'd get about two to three to four active buyers, okay? As soon as you do that, I would then quieten that down, still do it, but get hit seller marketing heavy, okay? I, uh, I because agree. you need to know who is buying. Obviously, for you, Dave, you're buying yourself. It's no problem, but someone new, right? We've had people pull out of deals, so has everyone across the country, but guess what? There's still people buying. We had one buyer tell us today, Sorry, last week, I've got 2 million ready. I am buying. I am buying more than ever right now. And other people are pulling out. So you need to find out. Yeah, find those people that are
0: buying. buying. I love that. So, Gavin, you bring up a great point. If you are new, and we have a lot of new people that listen to this podcast right here, this is actually very, very crucial, good information. If you are new, start with building a buyer's list. And again, you don't need. Uh, 50 buyers on there. Find two or three people. So let's talk about some places that we can go to find those people. Um, Obviously your real estate investment clubs, go there. The big investors, they are part of those clubs. They like going there to meet people like you. They go there to meet wholesalers to find deals from because those wholesalers are doing the marketing and the boots on the ground and all the work to find those deals. So if you want to be a wholesaler, Go find buyers at your real estate investment clubs. Another great place to find buyers um, is to go into Facebook and find your local real estate investment groups, okay? Um, You can find any group on Facebook, right? But what I like to specialize in is finding the the, the niche niche groups by city. So don't find a nationwide group. Find a St. Louis or a Savannah or a Chicago group that is a real estate investor or real estate investing specifically. Guess what, those same people that go to the RIAs, they're in those groups. They're trying to buy properties within those groups from other wholesalers. And then last but not least, we love using PropStream. You can pull a list of cash buyers on PropStream. And then from there, you can do whatever you want with that. You can cold call those people and skip trace them. You can send them a letter saying that you're an investor with your URL to opt in on your buyers list, or even to call you if they want to buy some property and build a relationship with them over the phone. So many ways to do it. But at the end of the day, you don't need 50. You don't need 100. You need two or three. Find out where those people are wanting to buy and then put your marketing efforts in those areas. Gavin, man, you crushed it today, buddy.
1: I love it. Tried to bring it for you, bud. Tried to bring it. You brought
0: the fire today, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. So guys, again, I want to thank Gavin for coming on. Gavin's a great friend of mine. I love Gavin. Uh, So check him out on YouTube. I'm confident that he is going to have some amazing content coming out. All things real estate, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, specifically wholesaling and virtual wholesaling, I would imagine. So yeah, Gavin, and I can Lease options. Yes. um, Lease options. I forget all about that sometimes, man. You guys yeah. are crushing it. So-
1: Yeah. I appreciate it. You. Thank you. you know, Hell yeah. Hell you yeah. On. And uh, I mean, we could talk all day. There's so many more things that-, are, that You know that what? It's kind
0: of nice outside. I think I'm going to head to the park. Good for you. I have a little yeah, walk. Yeah, yeah, again.
1: And get a little
0: difference. That's right. All right, guys, we are signing off. Gavin, thanks again for coming on the show today. Guys, check out the show notes at dpipodcast.com. And I want to also, uh, I need to be, I need to make this, um, more of my routine here, but the conversation continues over on the podcast blog and that is dpipodcast.com. And we, uh, we have, a place for you to listen to the podcast or subscribe to your favorite platform. We throw in a video of the podcast. We record all of these in video and there's actually a video in there. There's the show notes in there. We also have links in there, but my favorite part about the dpipodcast.com is that you can come and you can be a part of the conversation. And I really want this conversation to continue. So go over there and drop me a comment about what you're doing, what you thought about this particular episode and both Mike and and I are in there, and we have some really, really great conversations sometimes about the episode. So the conversation continues over at dpipodcast.com. Guys, that's our episode today. We are signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.